0: what's going on guys episode six of cup of mets ian bosniak here alongside robert venegas robert how are we doing today buddy Doing
1: great, Ian. You know, another day, another episode, another Mets game, August 27th, Old Timers Day.
0: Old Timers Day, indeed, and, uh, you know, we're recording this just a few hours uh, prior to Old Timers Day kicking off the first in 27 years uh, within the Mets franchise. And uh, Rob and I are actually headed over to Citi Field right after we conclude this episode, um, so we definitely will uh, publish this in time. Uh <laughs> Before we get into it, remember to uh, give us a follow on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, We are at Cup of Mets. And uh, yeah, please share, uh, spread the word. And uh, yeah, all the support is uh, much appreciated. Uh, We're going to dive right in and and just get into old timers day. We're pretty stoked over here. Uh, It's been the talk of, uh, you know, the last couple days here with the Mets. Everybody's really excited to see some of these uh, players, whether it's from 69, 73, 86, you know, 2000, 2000s, 2006, yeah, man. And above. How excited are you? Uh, what are you feeling going into today?
1: Well, you know, it's it's a, it's a good feeling to know that our uh, franchise is starting to, you know, kind of like show love for the old-timers that we have, the old-time greats. Um, and, you know, just like the regular players, you know, like guys like Josh Tolley's coming, you know, uh, Rafael Santana. You know, a bunch of names and a bunch of names that I'm excited to see. You know, hopefully, hopefully Keith and Ronnie play. But uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, man, it's it's gonna be a wonderful event, and we're gonna be at the ballpark for like six, seven hours. So, yeah. buckle up.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be a long day, and and we'll be live streaming a, at some point during the game on on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, you know, stay tuned for all that type of stuff. We'll we'll be we'll be posting and uh, you know, throwing out snippets here and there. But yeah, man, I'm stoked. You know, I, I really don't know what to expect. Obviously, this as far as in our lifetime has been more of a, more of a Yankees type of a uh, event. I don't, I don't, yeah, definitely, you know, I, definitely. I don't even want to give them any credit anywhere, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm, I'm super stoked. What do you, what are you anticipating? I mean, these are your tickets, Rob. Do you, <laughs> do you have any insight as to what we should uh, expect? Cause I, I, the I, gates
1: I, open at three thirty or something like that yeah, or four yeah, um, o'clock. gates
0: open at three thirty. I just don't understand. So the, so, the gates open at 3:30. They say that, you know, everything starts at 4:30, but then the game's at 7:10. So how many innings are they playing? How many, yeah, are they That's, doing? That's a great BP? question. Like what, uh, I what don't the, know. What the oh, they're on? probably
1: warming up right now as we speak, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see when we get there. I mean, I, I don't think they play more than two hours, but again, you know, they're there. Whoever, whoever needs to get an inning in or even a batter in or even just one AB it's, it's go It's going to be a fan favorite event. And, uh, and everyone I feel like it's gonna be a lot of positive vibes today.
0: Oh yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. There's gonna be so many names that uh you're 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 you know, that everyone's gonna be so stoked to see from so many different generations. So Definitely cool to see them all on the field. Uh, we do have lineups for the games. Um, the managers are, respectively, um, <laughs> Terry Collins and, uh, and Willie Randolph. Willie Randolph will be joined alongside Joe Torre, <laughs> where uh, Terry Collins will be uh, joined alongside Bobby Valentine. Uh, for the Amazons, we have Edgardo Alfonso leading off and playing third, Tim Tuffle batting second and playing second, Cliff Lloyd uh, batting third and playing right, Mike Piazza catching and batting fourth. Todd Zeal at first, batting sixth. Todd Pratt uh, is the designated hitter. He bats sixth. Kevin Elster uh, bats seventh. He's at short. Benny Benigni eighth and left, and then Jay Payton, one of my favorites, out in center. And Dwight Gooden. You see his kicks? Nah. Oh my God. Oh,
1: oh yeah, I did actually. The cleats. Oh, the cleats, oh, right? Oh man, they are. Yeah, yeah. Do you know who made those?
0: I don't. They are this generation. They are yeah no, definitely. I'm gonna on on right real I can't wait to to watch those in action and then we have the miracles who listen they 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 have an ace you know I know I just said <laughs> that, you know about the Doc Gooden but the miracles who are the other team we got Jose Reyes leading off playing short Mookie Wilson batting second and playing center Daniel Murphy uh, he'll appear in a Mets uniform for the first time. Since his 2015 heroics, batting third and playing second. Howard Johnson batting fourth, playing first. Lee Mazzilli, fifth and designated hitter. Robin Vantora will bat sixth and playing third base. Steve Henderson will be out in right. He'll bat seventh. Andy Chavez will bat eighth and play left field. And Josh Tolley will be behind the dish and bat ninth. And on the mound, fan favorite, fan favorite, excuse me, first time talking, (laughs) my favorite, Bartolo, Uncle Bart, Bartolo Colon. Big sexy. Uh, Big sexy. He'll be on the mound uh I am super stoked, obviously there are so many players that are gonna be there aside from just uh you know the guys that are mentioned but uh Rob, if you could like if you could give me three players out of those who are kind of gonna be there today uh-huh what which three ball players are you most excited to uh to see get on the field
1: uh personally i mean you know i i gotta go with the guy that. As a kid growing up, you know when you think of the Mets or when you look at the Mets, it's he was that he was that guy. I'm gonna go Mike Piazza. Okay. You know, it's I, I can't wait to see him. I mean, I missed his last game at Shea, you unfortunately, in what 05? 05. And then in 06, I remember watching him
0: come back as a Padre, but yeah, hit two home runs. I was yeah, there. Yeah, 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 almost hit three. Hold on, before you say your second, you want to go one for one?
1: Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. I got Mike Piazza. That was one. My, that was one of mine. All
0: right, um, all right. So you got Mike Piazza. Yeah um i'm really looking forward to so i enjoy the humor that comes with certain things so i am really looking forward to seeing um mr mike hampton (laughs) okay i'm excited to see mike hampton in a mets uniform and i was gonna say he only played yeah 2000 i expect him to get booed uh (laughs) and that's why i'm excited to see mike hampton (laughs) it's only fitting
1: that they're playing the rockies after
0: exactly that's wild exactly uh (laughs) who's your second guy
1: uh, I think, again, I think it's fitting that we see this guy in left field, Andy uh, Chavez. I mean, you know, and, and he's starting too. Um, you know, obviously, Andy's known for the Game 7 NLCS catch, and hopefully, maybe they kind of, like you said, not, in, you know, again, not in a humor way, but in like a good memory type of way, they they have a type play where Andy's climbing the fence or something, or he's interacting with fans in left. We'll plot, see.
0: Plot twist Scott Rowland comes out. Oh, dude. And hits, Scott and hits the ball. Scott <laughs> Rowland hits one out to left field. Uh, <laughs> That's a good one. And he's still in the organization, which is great as well. He's a coach, right? Yeah, he's a coach down uh, in the Florida uh, Gulf Coast League. (laughs) Um, My second guy, I'd probably say Pedro Martinez. I'm stoked stoked to see Pedro out there um, in a Mets uniform. Obviously, his tenure with the Mets didn't exactly end the greatest. He Mm -hmm. was very injured towards the end of his tenure with the Mets. And then, obviously fucking came back and pitched lights out for the Phillies in 2009 and helped them get to the World <laughs> Series, and he wound up in another World Series, didn't yeah. win. But, um, you know, I'm really excited to see Pedro Martinez back in the orange and blue, and he's such a good ambassador for the game. And, um, you know, obviously that's uh, definitely one of our generational generational talents and players that we grew up watching, so definitely Pedro. Honestly,
1: my, my third one, I'm going to go pitcher. He's a left-handed guy. I hope they play this song, Enter Sandman, Billy oh, yeah. Wags. You know, I think he got snubbed. Uh, in the Hall of Fame voting. I mean, but
0: he, he's been snubbed. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's what I was saying. So, I mean, it's good. I, I, growing up, I had a jersey. That was my first jersey. It was <laughs> a Billy Wagner one, and and I remember making the trip out to Philly with my family and watching him play in the 07, 08 days. You know, '06 even. You know, yeah. but but again, Billy Wagner. It's good to see that he's coming and he's on the roster for the Amazons.
0: Yeah, yeah. When you see when you see like, to me, obviously, Mariano Rivera is the greatest closer of all time. Yeah. But when you look at other closers that are in the Hall of Fame, and I'm gonna be missing a few, right? But when you look at a guy like Trevor Hoffman, uh-huh. a guy like Lee Smith, yeah, um, you know Dennis Eckersley, mm-hmm. you know dabbled in both. He started and, and closed. Same with a guy like John Smoltz. But Billy Wagner, uh, statistically, was one of the most dominant closers of all time. He may have actually been top three most dominant closers of all time. Um you know statistically speaking, um uh, his story
1: is good too i don't know if you' i don't know if you read about him, but Billy Wagner, you know yeah, I think he was like a division three player, oh yeah no something no no like he that. was he yeah, was and he like was gonna get i don't know some like was didn't even have a chance to make it, and yeah, and he got drafted in the first round by the astros, yeah, yeah, yep. at a fairrum college, Wow. so never mind, he probably did if if he gets drafted in the first round you you're definitely you know Definitely made some noise wherever you're playing, but yeah, no talking doubt. about Billy Wagner, he's career 231 ERA, 27.7 war, 422 saves. What's in, his in 903 innings? What's and his almost
0: 1200 strikeouts? 1200 strikeouts to in 900 innings, yeah, yeah. Well, there you go.
1: 903 to be exact.
0: There you go. So and his
1: whip is just under one.
0: Well, that that in and of itself tells yeah. you that he should be in the Hall of Fame, Virginia product, yeah, yeah. So that's a great. That's a great choice. I'm excited. And I'm sorry.
1: One, two, three, four, five, six time all star. Seven, seven time all star.
0: Yeah, yeah. He should be there. And I feel like if he doesn't get in on a on a on, yeah. a, on a vote, I feel like at at some point he will at least get in via the uh, the committee, the Hall mm-hmm. of Fame committee, because he really he really does deserve it, and he's been one of the most. He was one of the most dominant arms. Yeah, absolutely. Who's uh, your last pick though? Uh fuck.
1: Your 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 final three or your final third pick.
0: Who the fuck did I say? <laughs> I said Pedro.
1: You said Pedro, and you said I forgot.
0: <laughs> am I, am, are, yeah, are we good? We're not under the influence whatsoever. Uh, I haven't had a drink yet. Yo, that was I said funny. Pedro Martinez. Oh, and Mike Hampton. Oh yes, what a dick. Yeah, and Mike Hampton. Yeah, just for the just for the booing aspect. Um. <laughs> My third and final player would probably be I'm pretty stoked to see no I'm not stoked to see him. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty stoked to see uh Jay Payton. You know, really? I, I mean I, I think I mentioned this last week when we briefly spoke about Old Timers Day. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm I'm really stoked to see uh, Jay Payton. Jay Payton was a was a favorite of mine uh growing up um in the early two thousands and he was absolutely electric. I mean, unfortunately his career didn't turn out like a lot of people thought it would. Um, but another player that you brought up before the fact that he, uh, you know, he, Mike Hampton's gonna, gonna, you know, Mike Hampton's gonna step on the city field rubber, uh, knowing that, you know, the, uh, the Rockies are on the other side Mm. in the actual game later today, Jay Payton, uh, you know, went to Colorado after the Mets. Uh, so yeah, yeah, so he's another guy that he's another guy that, that was once a Rocky as well. Um, but all in all, I'm just super stoked. And what I'm really excited about is the fact that uh there's no bullshit little little wall. You know what I mean? No, nah, like, yeah, yeah. They're like gonna celebrity
1: let, softball wall. Yeah, they're gonna yeah. let these
0: guys fucking hit. <laughs> Do we think anyone's going yard?
1: Uh I mean honestly, uh maybe Daryl Strawberry. I could see him pulling one into the co cold corner. Daryl, yeah? Yeah, yeah, hopefully. If he gets if he gets one in the sweet spot, you never know. Uh Mike Piazza, I'll yeah. say. What about and Cliff then, Floyd? Uh, Cliff Lord, yeah. He looks, at, yo, he's on MLB Network. He, you know, he, he talks a lot of baseball. He's involved in MLB a lot. He looks good. He looks good, yeah, man. Hey, who knows? Um, Again, imagine like like a Lee Mazzelli or like a, a Cleon Jones, like Goes Yard, you know? Like, <laughs> like, I could see Benny hitting one, too.
0: Benny Agbignani? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, 100%. yeah, man. I have a feeling that today's going to be like. Another Oh, another guy that I could see going Yachty, just based off yeah. of where is Daniel Murphy. He just retired. Oh, yes. He just retired. That's good. You know what I mean? That's good. That's um, a good pick. So it, What's your prediction for the
1: score? <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: considering we don't even know the construction of the fucking game, and we don't even know how many innings score? or anything. Yeah, I'll say... uh uh Fucking... <laughs> I'll say 6-3, the Miracles... Over the Amazons. Okay, okay. Nothing against the Amazons. Listen, the Amazons have had a great season, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? But the miracles. Yeah, they got a good pitching staff. The miracles, on the other hand. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we got Uncle Bart going, so you can't go against Uncle Bart. But something that I mentioned to you before. Oh, yeah, definitely before mentioned the, uh Before we started here, yeah. how amazing would it be? And I also have a gut feeling that Terry Collins is going to do this. Uh-huh. Do we think that at some point during today, Lee Mazzilli will be lifted as designated hitter and Bartolo Colon will step up to the dish and take a hack.
1: Definitely, definitely, hundred percent. And you gotta, you know, when, once you think of him, once you think of him going up there with a the bat, you obviously uh, go back to that home run in San Diego, and yeah, and uh, he was, and, and just in general, you know, when whenever he was hitting, it was it was always a, uh, it was always fun to see. And he actually worked on it when he was with the Mets. So
0: that was it. Was literally like you had to tune into the television. Yeah, yeah. You had, I remember. I remember when he hit the when he hit the home run. Were we together?
1: Uh no nah, I'm not sure no, honestly I, I don't think so I, but I, I remember you called me
0: yeah yeah I actually my my dad my dad is the biggest yeah. Bartolo Colon uh, fan uh so whenever Bartolo would pitch my dad would always try to make sure that he was at the game yeah. uh, just because. You know, you you have to appreciate someone of Bartolo's size and and stamina and everything. You you know, him going out there every fifth day and his age. Just having a tail end of his career. tail end of his career. Just a rubber arm just going out there every fifth day and Mm -hmm. and chucking up six, seven innings. But I remember running, (laughs) running into where my dad was just screaming, Bartolo fucking went yard. Bartolo fucking (laughs) went yard. And it was just such a phenomenal, like, magical moment that despite, like, yeah, we made the wild card game. We lost that season was one of the better ones that we've seen 80 something wins you know as met fans but uh that was such a highlight of that season
1: no definitely definitely you know you think again he and he was the one that like you know stayed healthy throughout that year was like keep giving us good morale even when like we had like every other pitcher on that staff on the IL or DL or whatever literally but um but yeah, no, nah, I'm not gonna say he was the glue, but him and Syndergaard, you know, developed that relationship, that and then fans ran with it, you know, called them the step brothers. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 again, he just brought good energy, and and uh, honestly, uh, I'm very thankful that they're having this game because it brings back a lot of memories. Whether you're, you know, you're from a, a Mets fan from the '60s, '70s, '80s, '90s, whenever you were born. It's gonna be. It's gonna feel good seeing players that like you grew up and idolizing, you know, or like just looking back. It's like they're on the field again for one more time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. I can't wait to. I can't wait to uh, get some. Get some good shots. And something else that that I, you know, and then we'll move on from old-timers Day because I don't know how much more we can talk about fucking old-timers Day. <laughs> but, um, you know, something something that really will will help make that occur. The whole Bartolo clone getting at NAB yeah, is the yeah. fact that Terry Collins is his manager. No, definitely uh, during the game, and Terry was obviously the manager in 2016, so he so he knows the script. He mm-hmm. knows what, what what the fans want to see, and I guarantee we'll see Bartolo in the batter's box. So I can't wait. Um, aside from the uh, 3:30, 4:30, whatever time the game is set to start, uh, there is an actual game tonight. It'll be Game Three uh, between the Mets and the Rockies as they uh, continue their four-game series. The Mets have taken uh, the first two from Colorado. Um, we'll touch upon game one, uh, which took place this past Thursday night. The Mets won three to one, uh, earning their 80th win of the season. First time that they've accumulated 80 wins since 2019. Um, Pete Alonso hit a two run home run, his 31st of the year. Um, the real story, however, was, uh, Jacob deGrom. He was absolutely brilliant. I actually thought that he was destined for a perfect game at Me too. one point. Me too. Yeah. But, but then, you know, the wheels kind of fell off, um, towards the end of the game he only threw 87 pitches across 6 innings. He did get his third win of the year, which was his yeah. 80th career victory as oh, well. Oh, that's nice. There um, you go. But he struck out nine more. What do you see from DeGrom um you know in in Thursday night's game and uh mm-hmm. you know and, and what do you think it does for him moving forward?
1: No, I mean, you know, like you said it, I, I had that feeling too like the first four innings you're just watching him pitch, going mowing down hitters in Colo- on Colorado and and you're saying to yourself, hey, he's, he's going to do it tonight. He's going to pitch that perfect game, or he's going to pitch that no-hitter. But obviously, I think, not as Achilles heel, but just in general, throughout his return, that fifth, sixth inning has been, like, I guess the challenge for to say. Like, can he get past facing a lineup the third time, you know, yeah. or a second time deep into a lineup? um again nine strikeouts he's again last time he faced the rockies he, he he had 14 so he was on pace for a lot of strikeouts he's still striking people out a lot of swings and misses no one walk um you know besides that home run he he just looks like jacob de man
0: yeah yeah i mean you know you mentioned it before you know he hasn't gone past six uh, he hasn't he's gone into the seventh inning one one appearance uh yeah. in his last start against atlanta um you know I, I think that a lot of it has to do with obviously his workload he's mm-hmm. only accumulated uh you know 29 and a third of, of an inning uh this year and he only threw 92 innings last year and only 68 in the shortened season in 2020 yeah. so i think they're building it up and then also post game uh, i know jacob said that he's going to be ready next start to hopefully go uh, 100 pitches and beyond okay um, so that's so, that's good yeah so 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 that's a really that's a really good thing uh yeah i, I just kind of felt like the the wheels kind of You know, he was pitching more contact later on in the game. Uh, His slider didn't have the bite on it that he wanted Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the game. In the early portion of the game, while it did look like he was Mm -hmm. um, going to go for uh, a perfect game, I won't lie. Rob can attest I texted Rob and said I think that there's something wrong with Jacob yeah and it had nothing to do with the way that he was pitching but it was kind of like the way that he was following through but you can kind of see that early on in the game he kind of rectified that he was falling off the mound a little bit and all his fastballs were kind of uh going to the outside part of the plate but he wasn't framing what's he wasn't you know hitting his spots whatsoever um but I think that's all a part of it what what would you say like how how far would you push the limits with him I mean his next start will come uh, against the Dodgers. Against the Dodgers. You know, what would you like to see? Obviously, we're entering September, so we, yeah. we've got to, like, ramp up his workload. But, but
1: Pretty much, yeah. I mean, you know, but that that's a good sign that they're going to ramp him up to, uh, what would you say, 100 pitches? Yeah, 100 right, pitches. Right again, start. I'm not, especially now in this different era of, era of baseball, I'm kind of hesitant in terms of, Throwing pitchers over hundred, hundred and five. Yeah. Um, especially a guy like Degrom who throws primarily fastball sliders and his fastball averages is hundred miles per hour. It's <laughs> like you know how how many times can you throw a fastball hundred miles per hour in a game in general? You know, like yeah. and and I think ninety five would be a great number to go at. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully he gives us six more than six. I mean the Dodgers are loaded, but um personally, after a Degrom start, I feel like Lugo has been that guy to go to. Yep. And and he did. And I see that he only gave up two hits. He gave up a walk, three strikeouts. I mean, he's looked what a hundred times better. Oh my than he than he has uh, this season. So I think I think just personally, if DeGrom just gets to six innings every other start, maybe push him to seven. Get at least one hundred and eight pitches, n- nothing more than one hundred and fifteen though.
0: Oh yeah, no, no, no. And yeah. I don't, I don't think they would do that. I yeah. think that that's more towards like last. Yeah, maybe like last series against the Braves uh, of the season, and oh, like then into a playoff the playoffs. Start, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I would say Capman around like you know between ninety-five and like a hundred and five pitches. Yeah. Um, but obviously if they're high leverage, uh, mm-hmm. where he's really having to work every single pitch, and he's yeah. having you know, then maybe reduce that pitch count a tiny bit. But I think as long as the guys are the guys are hitting right, and the bullpen's doing their job, and the starters are coming in there giving the Mets an opportunity to win, mm-hmm. they the Mets should just keep their eyes on October, which, you know, for the first time in quite some time, I think you look at the Mets and you understand that everything that they're doing is a part of a process, Yeah. right? So um, I definitely think that that's, you know, something to look forward to. And, you know, just having Jake back is really just so so nice for the Mets. Oh, no, definitely. And, and, you know, get getting him back there on the mound. And then, you know, I wasn't even going to touch upon this, but I, I definitely do think that um, it's important. Just to, to mention, you, you brought up Seth Lugo. Yeah. What an impact he's made here in the second half. Definitely. He looks back to the the uh, Seth Lugo that we know uh, in, over his last 15 games. Uh, he's 2-0 and with a 180 ERA. He's got a 1.13 whip, uh, 16 strikeouts in 15 innings. Um, and, again, he's only given up three earned runs in those 15 innings. Um, just – briefly like what what have you seen from Seth that that you think has been key to his uh you know rebound here in the second half?
1: I think he's just found feel of all his pitches you know his curveball looks like the curveball that he that kind of like established himself yep. you know um his slider is looking filthy he, he like I said I love what I love about Lugo I've said it in the past is that he can he can locate 93 94 95 and then when he really needs to he could he could strike you out with a 99 you know and he has so much movement in all his pitches that, you know, it makes him such an effective pitcher out of the pen or, or for, for multiple innings, you know yeah. what I mean? But, yeah. but I think what Buck has been doing more of is just giving him one inning and letting him know that focus on this inning, focus on doing a job, and that's just, you know, getting people out, getting, getting guys to ground out, you know, keeping the ball in the ballpark. Yep. Like you said, what was his ERA through through 15 or what was it? Last seven games. Last seven one, games, one, uh, one 8, eight, eight. I mean,
0: Last last uh, last 15 games, one eight zero. Yeah, see,
1: that's that's important, you yeah. know, and and that's why, like, even yesterday's game, man, they put Givens in like in the eighth inning. It's like, why why not go to a guy like Lugo, you yeah. know, who's feeling it? And I would, and personally, I wouldn't even left left Bassett in at 88 pitches, but you know, again, we ended up still winning that game, so yeah,
0: yeah, things um, happen for a reason. Yeah, no, no doubt, and I mean, just touching upon Seth Lugo, just, yeah. just lastly, I mean, you know, the the one thing is, is that you know, you mentioned the curveball; all of his pitches look like they're they're getting there, yeah. right? His curveball, um, he's in the the first percentile when it comes to curve spin, and while you may say, yeah, Ian, no shit, that's how he <laughs> established himself, uh, he was not in the in yeah. the in the first percentile and curveball spin rate, uh, you know, in, in over the previous past yeah. few months. Um, yeah, you know, he, he was in the third or fourth percentile, fifth percentile. That's not that's yeah, obviously still, you great. You could tell
1: though he was leaving it up. Like hit, uh, hitters were, you know, fucking sending it out of the ballpark because exactly. he's not he's not throwing it at their knees and then you know it dies down in the dirt. Like he would leave it up, not locating it. Then he's he's in the count 2-0, 3-1, and he, then he has to throw has, it a fat pitch. Yeah, get know? me like, over. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah, right. yeah.
0: So. You know, we, we, we've spoken the last couple couple episodes about, like, the importance of the bullpen and yeah. adding to the bullpen. The fact that Trevor May has come back, they acquired Mikael Gibbons, Tommy Hunter got activated, he's ready to go today. But, uh, you know, the emergence of Seth Lugo being that force at the back end of the bullpen that we know that he can be has been um, absolutely of the utmost importance and a big mm. reason why the Mets are still where they are, two games in front of the Braves. Um, another reliever that that we want to touch upon um, is Edwin Diaz. Obviously, you know we're not necessarily going to go into Edwin Diaz's dominance this year. Sure, the last since the last time Filthy. we sp- yeah <laughs> since since the last time we spoke yeah sure he has given up a run <laughs> a run barely uh, yeah barely uh, you know he, he's he's given up a few more hits recently he's walked a few guys but Diaz is still absolutely dominant but the thing that I want to talk about is we've seen Buck Walter go to uh, Edwin Diaz in some high-leverage moments in the eighth innings. I think he's only gotten uh, one two-inning uh, save this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, But we've seen him come into the eighth inning when he's facing – when the Mets are up and, you know, he's facing the cream of of, of the order of the other team, right? Yeah, so like the top dogs. Yeah, yeah. So whether that's the Braves in, you know uh, – I don't fucking know. In the beginning of August. Yeah, yeah. In the beginning or, of August, or like, like
1: or like the Dodgers that one time. Exactly. Or yeah. like the
0: Dodgers, you know. Or even Buck, the Yankees. Yeah, or, or exactly. Or the Yankees. Buck goes to Edwin Diaz to face. I believe yeah, Yankees are a great example. He went they went to him for uh Aaron Judge, um, Anthony Rizzo, and yeah. and who was the last one? Um uh, Josh Donaldson or something yeah. along those yeah. lines, right? And I understand that. Right, but on Thursday night, Mets are leading uh, three to one, and Edwin Diaz came up uh, to face the two, three, four batters in the eighth inning uh, to face Brendan Rodgers, Charlie Blackman, and C.J. Crone. Did the Mets blow the game? No. Did Edwin Diaz blow the game? No. He did. You know, did put two guys mean, on. He, oh, okay, he did okay. put two guys on. He gave up a hit. He also walked a guy. Yeah. Um, he didn't let up any runs, and then Adam Ottavino closed the the game, but. What are your thoughts on that ideology that that you know uh, Buck Showalter has been going by that methodology that using Edwin Diaz in a in a high leverage situation in the eighth inning? Again, I, as I said, I understand against some of these be- some of the great teams, but during that game in particular, what was your thought process on that? Did you agree with that?
1: Um, you know, again, you want to use your best against the best, but you know, in terms of. You know, I, I kind of get what you're saying in terms of, like, facing the Rockies. You know, no disrespect on them. They're, you know, they're just – they're an, an up-in-the-air organization, I like to say. Because they're not in the playoffs, but they got guys that could hurt you. You know what I mean? And it's baseball. Anything could happen. But, you know, again, just throwing Edwin Diaz out in the eighth doesn't really, like, sit well with me. Because I'd rather him – you know, again, you you trust Adovino in the ninth, then why wouldn't you trust him in the eighth? You know what I mean? And, again, we're not facing – Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, and Freddie Freeman. We're yep. facing guys yep. like Brendan Rodgers, who's okay, high, high prospect. I get it. Whatever. We're not in Colorado though. That's another thing. Yeah. And Charlie Blackman is road, road, home splits are, you know, he again, struck out three times in exactly, that game. Exactly. Exactly. So and then C.J. Crone, you brought it up before the episode that he's been hitting like shit, uh, the whole sec, not the whole second half, but the second half. Yep. You know, whatever. And he was, a, and he's a guy that we're in trade rumors. You mm-hmm. know. Um, but if you're gonna trust a guy like Oovvin in the ninth I would have rather just saved Diaz for the ninth let him do his job if Odovin blows it which he, he, he he's pitching pretty well this year he's I'm got not, a
0: 213 year
1: yeah. and you know again he's 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 reliable he's one of the few reliable arms in the pen and yeah again I, I just don't I, I see where Buck is coming from in terms of best against the best but you know we're we, we're you know we're up two runs if Odovin gives up a solo shot in those three batters we're still up a run and then Hence, your closer comes in, does the job, and you know the Mets are have been great this whole year in the eighth, ninth innings in terms of scoring. Yep. Late, you know. Last night. So and, and, yeah, you know, another example of that. But it's like you know, again, I I just rather save Edwin Diaz for the ninth. You know, we need we need guys that could bridge him to bridge that gap so we can get to him in the ninth. You know. No doubt. But but I don't know. I don't really agree with it personally.
0: No doubt. Yeah. No. I I feel the same. Yeah. I mean, I I said it. And I think we're both on the same page here. We agree with Buck when it comes to, like, some of the most dominant bats in the middle of the yeah, order. Yeah. The Dodgers, the Braves, the Cardinals, the uh, some of those teams, right? Yeah. But, you know, when you're doing it against a last-place team like the Rockies in the eighth inning, I, I just – and I understand, right, the the Braves are breathing down our neck every game you want to win. But uh, in that particular instance, it wasn't my favorite move, and I just had to bring that up. No, no. Yeah, it, yeah.
1: It's a good topic, and it's a good uh, debate to talk about, you, you know, know cause like – Because, again, some people agree with it, and – Guys like us, we disagree with it. So
0: yeah, but again, you know, yeah, out of uh, all the Mets managers, uh, <laughs> you know, I haven't had much to complain about no, when it's come yeah, to Buck yeah. this year. Listen, 100%. has he got has he gotten thrown out of a game this year? No. no. Uh, I would have loved to see him just chuck his hat or some shit. You yeah. know me, I love that fiery stuff like Terry Collins when yeah. he called uh, whoever a the cocksucker. cocksucker yeah. yeah, but but yeah, no. Listen, I I think that that's definitely something that it, it's an in the moment type of. Uh, situation that Buck yeah. and Jeremy Hefner have to discuss, um, you know, and and again, it's really a situation-by-situation-based. Yeah. Um, going to last night, last night's game was not as easy as Thursday night's 3-1 to one victory last night. The Mets did pull out a thriller. They walked it off. Uh, Pete Alonso hit a uh, walk-off RBI single, which was his second uh, hit of the night, also his 105th RBI of the season. The Mets won 7-6, uh, fell late in the game, um... Fell down late in the game after leading 3 0. Um, the Rockies tied it up 3 3. The Mets took a 4 3 lead, and the Rockies scored three um, thanks to Mikhail Givens, uh, <laughs> which made it 6 4. And then uh, Mark Canna tied it back up in the bottom half of the eighth inning. Mets won in the ninth. Um, all with for, two outs. All with, all with two outs. Yes, exactly. First and foremost, talk about Pete. Just what do you make of Pete Alonso at this point? Like, yeah, sure, he's hitting 273, but what a fucking player he I is. I know, man.
1: I don't care if he's in 273. He could be hitting 230, all I care, honestly, As, as long as he has those numbers in terms of home runs and RBIs. You know he he's, he 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 uh, backed up a lot of his talk preseason. Oh He yeah. said he wanted to drive in more than 130 RBIs, and you know he he got 100 and in August. Yeah. I'm not saying he's gonna make 130 RBIs, but he's on pace to probably have 120, yeah. 125. He could he could yeah. eclipse uh, the and record. 35 plus home runs. Yeah. Like, come on, bro. That's that's just dominance. He's a perfect four hitter for this lineup. Um, he's a he's a leader amongst men. He's a role model. He's a, he's a met. He's a Matt, and, and, and he's playing like
0: it. Yeah, and he's spraying the ball all over the place. We've yeah. spoken about it, but he is a different ball player this year. Uh, someone that can hit for a little bit more average, spray yes, the ball all over definitely. the field. And as you said, they did it all with two outs last night. Mm-hmm. And he literally fell down into the hole. Fell mm-hmm. down into a hole. 0 two, right? o- yeah. o- 2 hole, and he was able to take a breaking pitch. He's been clutch and, all year, and, though. And pull it through the hole on the left yeah. side of the infield. He's really been amazing. His home, his two run shot swinging three and oh oh my god dude. that was amazing the other night that i actually tweeted out i mean that was during the 3-1 victory but i actually tweeted out it was my favorite call because gary keith and ron they were discussing is pete swinging three and zero here is that happening and then
1: ron's like i would throw a slider here I yeah i would give throw him a sl- fastball i would
0: throw a slider here. and then gary's like all right let's see if he's gonna swing and then pete unloads and he said uh, and gary just goes oh and swing he does yeah, you yeah. know and and pete just launched it and it's really amazing, especially with a guy like Lindor and Marte before him that are performing like they are. The Mets lineup is just deep. The nah. Mets lineup is just deep. And what's making it deeper is Marcana's production. Yeah. Uh, Marcana, uh, last, uh, last night, I mean, he's had incredible games recently. The last two uh, weeks. Yeah, yeah. We saw it in Philadelphia. Um, Atlanta and and Atlanta, Some games, you know. yeah. But, but last
1: Philadelphia, yeah, definitely. yeah.
0: But last night he was unreal again. Uh, two doubles, one of which was the uh, the game tying double. Uh, he's got 18 doubles on the season. Um, he's hitting incredibly. What have you seen from Mark Canna and how important is his production to the lineup right now?
1: Yeah, man. I mean, he's just a beast. He's he's hitting more doubles. Um, you know, he's he's got three home runs in the last seven games. Uh, 19 RBIs in the last 30. Um, his 1,000 a th- a slugging percentage in the last seven games. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, he's just been, you know, a doubles machine. He's been clutch as well, like down the stretch. Um, even la- even last night's game, you know, you're, you're, you're trailing 6-4 with two outs, guys on first and second, and, and you find a way to help your team out and, and contribute and tie the game. I mean, he's had a lot of signature met moments these last two weeks. Mm-hmm. And, um, again, kudos to Billy Epp in the, in the front office for, you know, that signing he's really lived up to to his contract
0: that he has and he's <clears> also <throat> and he's also just like really embracing being a met great you know, teammate you know you can tell yeah he's no. a great teammate you saw his big embrace with Brandon ammo a few weeks ago <laughs> um, he's an awesome fit for this club he's now up to 50ribbies on the season mm-hmm. um, and 77 average yeah yeah and as you noted you know 19 of them have come within the last 30 games yeah um and you know he's hitting 409 over his last seven games uh 375 over his last 15 games. Uh, Yeah, as you mentioned, doubles machine, and he's really lengthening out that lineup. Yeah. um, And and really, you know, giving force to the lineup where at some points you know a few weeks yeah, just, yeah a few weeks ago even like a month or two ago you know you would see maybe 7 8 9 wouldn't be as strong in yeah, the lineup right yeah. and and Marquette is giving some life to the bottom half of that lineup now he's Definitely. A, he's now a home run away from 100 on his career a wow. uh, nice little milestone for uh, the foodie uh but he's really performing like you know he's starting to produce like he produced in Oakland uh where he can hit 15 or more home runs you know drive in 50 60 70 runs but the big thing with Mark is that he's most productive when he gets on base. Um, obviously, no shit. But he's most productive when he gets on base. He's always had a career uh, a high on base percentage. Yeah. His on base percentage is now up to 3.77 on the season. His OPS is sitting at 7.94 on the season. He's, you know, .06 points away from becoming another Met with an 800 plus yeah, OPS. Just
1: doing everything it takes to like you know kind of like just do what what's best for the team. You know, and I think him playing well. You know, everybody else plays well. Like Jeff McNeil, every time this guy drives and runs, Jeff McNeil's on base. You know, so again, that one through, instead of one through four, you got to worry about, now you got to worry about one through seven. Exactly. You know, and then, you know, eight and nine, we'll talk about my guy, Brett Beatty, but. Yeah, that's eight. That's eight. Kana or Mr. Kanye or whatever. Kanye. You know, thanks for coming to New York. I definitely want to get a meal with this guy one day.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we should bring that up to him. Yeah, yeah, when when we have our next talk with Mark Anna, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, you brought up your boy, Brett Beatty. Uh, Brett Beatty's in the bigs. We touched upon that in our last episode. Last night he had his first home run uh, at City Field off Chad Quall. Um, An awesome moment for him. Uh, You know, what have you seen from Brett Beatty so far? Obviously the beginning of his tenure with the Mets started off much better than – it's been recently, but he did hit that yeah. home run last night. It was pretty big. Um, what have you seen though, so far from Brett that you like?
1: He's just a hitter, man. I mean, you know, lefty lefty swing looks good. Um, my thing is, it's like I understand his average isn't where people want to see it, like one, sitting at 171 right now, but he's only had 35 ABs. You know, Buck keeps rolling him out there. I love that. You know, he doesn't – no matter if it's a lefty or righty. Um, my And my biggest thing is, you know, and I tell, like, kids, like, that I give, like, hitting lessons to. It's, like, I don't care if you hit the ball on the screws and it's right at somebody. You hit the ball hard, you know. And this yeah. guy, time and time again, every other AB has hit the ball hard off the bat, 95-plus miles per hour exit velo. Mm-hmm. And, like, you, you know, you bring up that hit. Or that 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 AB he had in Atlanta where he grounded out to short and Dansby made a nice play, but off the bat it's 113 miles per hour. It's like that's all you could ask for. Just good good ABs, hard hit contact, and uh, he's he's fit right in, man.
0: Yeah, I mean he was one of the first to run out to uh, to Pete Alonso last nah, night. Yeah, yeah, that's a great picture. You know they 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 love him. Uh, and and listen, he's a he. You can you can see the swing. Yeah. You know that it's there. Um, you know, you can definitely tell. I will say that, you know, yeah, he has only had 35 ABs, 39 of played appearances, including walks. So, obviously, it's a very, very short sample size. Mm-hmm. Um, per baseball Savant, however, otherwise known as StatCast, um, he is in the 11th percentile uh, in Major League Baseball on exit velo.
1: So, there you go. Right.
0: So, so you made a great point there. Um, he is hitting the ball on the screws, the balls just aren't falling. So um, it's great to see him go deep last night in front of the City Field crowd. The crowd really embraced him. Um, He's hitting the ball well, well, hard, I should say. Um, Let's just hope for a few more balls to start falling in. And and I definitely think that's going to happen. You know, the lineup hasn't come out yet for tonight's game. I wonder if he's going to start tonight because Kyle Freeland's on the mound for uh, Colorado, the lefty. But Brett Beatty does handle left-handers well. No, he does. Um, he so does. I, so I definitely think that there's a chance that we could uh, see him, um, you know, in the back, uh, back in the lineup tonight. Um, but while we're touching upon, uh, you know, Brett Beatty, uh, a big question that the Mets have to answer over the coming days is: Will Brett Beatty stick with the big league club? Um, yeah. We are anticipating Eduardo <laughs> Escobar's return shortly, uh, potentially after the Rocky series. Um, he is, uh, partaking in a rehab, a, re- a rehab, oh <laughs> rehab, a rehab assignment in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looks like he's close. Uh, Luis Guillerme has been seen at city field, uh, you know, working out, taking, working batting out yeah, taking batting practice, uh, you know, uh, running out on the field. So it looks like he's close to a rehab appearance. Uh, Guillerme Escobar, obviously too Important members to the team, more so Guillaume. Uh <laughs> Do you think Brett Beatty sticks here?
1: I would like him to, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, it's you know we can't have we can't have all three. I feel like, but you know we'll see. But again, I think a guy like Escobar could start playing more, not really third base, but more like short, be like that backup shortstop role. I saw a tweet the other day come out saying that the Mets are considering that. I know he could play second. I yeah, know he was he, playing he short in play. Brooklyn. Yeah, so there you go. I mean, and again, I, I think that'll be a good role for Escobar. I think also just having Beatty around, guys like Escobar and Guillermo and and Lindor will just will just again like help him with his career in general. Yeah. Um. But again, you know, if the Mets do end up sending Brett Beatty down, um, it's not the end of the world. You know, he's <laughs> 22 years old he'll be on the big league roster n- roster next year, mm-hmm. and and even that maybe he gets called up again for the September call ups, you know, and makes the playoff roster. Yeah, um, you know, but again, whatever they do, I think it's what's best for the team, obviously, and and uh, we'll, we're I'm I'm just hoping Brett Beatty stays personally.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, when when looking at the roster you can so the first casualty occurred today Michael Perez got sent down okay they brought Tommy Hunter back up right so then there's two roster spots and we are today's the 27th we're four days away from September the rosters do expand to 29 Yeah, September 1st so with that being said I do expect Brett Beatty to to stay up here even though the Mets may, may need more arms um, mm-hmm. but as one person that I expect to be you know, DFA'd once uh, Escobar comes back. I expect uh, Yomer Sanchez to be DFA'd. Yeah. Um, and then once Luis Guillaume comes back, I expect Connor Gray to be, be, okay, so, be DFA'd. Okay, so
1: it looks like... He could stay Yeah you know? with,
0: with that said I mean I don't think Yorme gets back Before September 1st So I think that Actually bodes well For Brett Beatty uh, um, yeah. But I also also think What you just said Is extremely important To yeah. have a 22 year old Be around an atmosphere Like this With a ball club Like this Who are just Winning Who have such A mm. good mentality Day after day Hard nosed Ball players uh, And a, and a
1: Freaking Hall of Fame manager
0: Exactly Exactly yeah. it's, it's It's really important That he sticks And based off of what I just said and actually looking at the roster, I think he will stick. All right. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. Well, there we, there we, we go. go. Problem solved. We figured it out. We figured it. No worries, everybody. <laughs> All right. Uh, last thing that we want to touch upon is um, we were talking about this the other night, Rob and I. Uh, the Mariners signed Julio Rodriguez to a ridiculous extension yesterday. Um, over the long haul, if it does extend for the uh, the – duration of what's uh, there's a ton of complexities to the to the uh, extension Mm -hmm. but essentially he can make 450 million dollars over the next 18 years or something along those lines average annual value comes out to about 26 million dollars right something Mm -hmm. along those lines uh some of the best players wouldn't want 26 million dollars they want more more but obviously that locks him in so he knows that he's getting guaranteed money so that begs the question obviously we have four big impending free agents this coming up this off season. And we're not including DeGrom on that because he's a different story. Right. Um, He's in his own category. He's in his own category. And we've already touched upon what we think that he should get. Right. But coming to like who we should be extending, I feel like we should be extending Pete, Pete Alonso, getting ahead of his, uh, you know, eventual and inevitable, um, rise in arbitration money, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, what what do you what do you think Pete Alonso uh you know what what kind of contract he's making 7.4 million dollars this year. Yeah. That number is expected to rise over the next 2 years before he hits free agency. Uh what do you what what kind of contract would you like to see Pete Alonso get and would would you like to give him one now?
1: No, definitely. I think it's well deserved. Um I think he's proven uh the last 3 years that he could play in the big leagues let alone in New York. And uh, you know he's he's our first baseman of the future. He's like I said before, he's a Met. He he takes pride in that. Yeah. You know, so if we're gonna lock a guy up like Pete Alonso, it's gotta be like I'm. I hate to say it, but it's, I would love to see like a ten year deal. I'm not gonna lie to you. That's what I was gonna say. Ten year like, deal. Maybe I'm like sorry, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say like ten yeah.
0: years, maybe two hundred and eighty million dollars. Yeah, that's fair. Twenty eight million dollars a year. Yeah.
1: Be would that be like the highest paid first baseman?
0: No, right. no, no, no. Because. I mean, I'm trying to think of, I feel like Paul Goldschmidt may be getting a little bit more. Okay, but um, again,
1: Paul Goldschmidt is 1 and Pete yeah, Alonso is 1A. Yeah, and, you know? and,
0: and Freddie Freeman also is getting... He's 1B. Yeah, Freddie, <laughs> Freddie Freeman's average annual value, I actually oh, think is... Oh, it's no, 26. No, it's, it's around there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so,
1: actually, that, wow, good shit. Yeah, oh, so, that,
0: yeah so that's actually uh. a good comp. I just feel like the Mets should get ahead of it and I also know we all know that Pete Alonso loves being a Met. Mm-hmm. Um, he really loves being here in New York. Um, yeah, his yeah. Uh, Freddie Freeman's average value, uh, like average salary is twenty seven.
1: Oh, it's twenty seven. Okay. So Pete
0: Alonso may say, "Hey, I'm younger. Give me some more money." Yeah. But you know, I I think that that's where the creativity of a front office could come in here and say, "All right, well, maybe we'll you know." Uh, give you X amount of money over this time and then give you an option or, or, yeah. or give you a buyout or something like that so that he can hit free agency again at 32, 33, 34, yeah. where he can still capitalize and get another, um, deal. But, um, there are four other guys that, you know, I just wanted to touch upon quickly. Um, Brandon Nimmo, mm-hmm. it looks like granted we're in September. It looks like he's going to get the free agency. Yeah. I don't think the Mets should have ever let him get to this point. Uh-huh. Uh, because I feel like Brandon's such a, I mean I it's a business end at the end of the day, but mm-hmm. he's such a down to earth guy. Yeah. And he really has made a home in New York and he loves being here. Um I feel like the Mets could could have wrapped him up for like fifteen mil a year. Um, you know, a few months ago, maybe over five years, five yeah. years seventy million dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh
1: oh, like a like a Aaron Hicks contract?
0: Yeah, yeah, like an Aaron Hicks contract. Is it is it obviously we have Starling Marte locked in for next year, he can play center field. Um you know, is locked in for another year. Are you looking at Brandon Nemo as a must when it comes to, uh, you know, bringing him back in in free agency?
1: Uh, honestly, yeah, kind of, because, again, he's – that leadoff hitter, he's yep. improved tremendously out in the center field. Oh, yeah. I think I think that helps us out in general as well in terms of Marte and Kana because again Marte is a little on the older side. Mm-hmm. I like Marte and right. Um, you know, and, and originally when we signed Stalin Marte, everyone's saying he's gonna play center, Nimmo's gonna play left, Kana's gonna play right. Yep. I actually like the defensive uh
0: alignment now. Alignment
1: yeah. now. Yep. And and like I said, Nimmo's improved defensively like over time you know and we and he and he's proven time after time that he could play center yep. you know do I want his arm strength a little out more yeah of course but at the end of the day He's making plays. He's making those. He's reading. Uh, he's reading fly balls well. He's reading line drives well. He's he's like the, he's like the epitome of like the, a baseball player that makes the right decisions for the team and does the little things right. You yep. know what I mean? Like whether it's working a count, whether it's getting the two out walk and then the next guy hits a home run, or sprinting the first whether, base on a walk. Yeah. Whether it's you know and then you know he brings a little life to the crowd too. You know and, and no like doubt. you said, very down to earth guy. Um, you know a homegrown guy. Yep. So I think I think the Mets need to start you know realizing who who needs to stay and who needs to go in terms of homegrown and, and they've done that this year in terms of like Conforto, Syndergaard, letting them walk, you know, guys like that. But, you know, I love McNeil too, another guy that, that I think should be locked up long term. Yep. Yeah. We'll take that year by year and, and again, I, I think I think Nimmo is deserving of to, of being the everyday center fielder. Yeah. But, um, again, I wouldn't overpay. That's yeah. just my opinion. No, no, I'm with yeah. you on
0: that. I wouldn't overpay either. I think, like, five years at 15 mil 16 17 mil is a good number but again the reason why we're not bringing up Degrom when we're talking about a guy like nimmo and the three others that i'm going to mention is because we really don't know how much jacob Degrom is going to demand and we don't know a if steve cohen is going to pay it i mean obviously he probably will but we don't know if he's going to pay it a but b it could completely change the construction of the payroll that the Mets have. Yeah. So it's tough to kind of see. But I would I would give um, Nimmo f- uh, 15 uh, mil a year over like five years. Uh, three relievers that are hitting the open market, which one's the most important for you to re-sign? Edwin Diaz, Seth Lugo, or Trevor Williams? <laughs> Edwin Diaz. Okay.
1: That's the closer... Uh... If you want a dominant closer for years to come, that's that's the guy you lock down and okay, you now, lock in for a for a con- long term contract as well.
0: Now, with if let's say you sign Alonzo to the extension, mm-hmm. the Mets still owe Robinson Cano next year. Okay, mm-hmm. Max is going to make forty three next year. Francisco is going to make thirty four next year.
1: Thirty four for real.
0: Thirty four, yeah. Gosh. If if <laughs> Jacob Degrom gets the extension mm-hmm. that we all think he's going to get. Are you gonna make Edwin Diaz the first one hundred million dollar uh, reliever? It can do. Do you think that that logically makes sense with all the other needs that we may need?
1: Logically, no, it doesn't really make sense because you know, again, we got other holes to fill, and and you know, again, we have we have a lot of pitching uh, in our farm system. But at the end of the day, I think Diaz gets a similar contract to when Chapman got paid. Yeah. Um, I think he gets like a five four year deal. Yeah. In the in the what what was it like ninety million dollar range? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's realistic. Yeah. Um. Again, he does, uh, another guy that has shown he can play in New York this this year. Oh yeah. And and you know we, we got to see how he does in the on the big stage. But another yeah. guy that is uh, made it known that he wants to stay. So yeah. we also got to keep that into consideration. You know, Nimmo has also said he wants to stay. And but uh, again, it is a business, and you know we'll see how it goes too with in the postseason. You know, it, I feel like I feel like it really affects players in a way like say you come off like a championship or like you come off like you're you're right there you know what i mean and yep. then you want to just run it back or 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 you mean you might want to get paid we don't know how these guys are we don't know what they're thinking you know so but but again those three guys that we talked about Alonzo Extension Nimo Nimo Resign and Edwin Diaz Resign i think that should be the top 3 priorities going yep. into the offseason
0: yeah yeah no i i would agree locking up alonzo yeah. i i want nimo to return Ideally, mm-hmm. Like, I'm literally just talking from a business standpoint. I don't know how far the payroll is going to go, so that's why I'm a little leery of giving Edwin Diaz the money. Yeah. But he deserves it. Yeah. Um, and obviously I want to hear Timmy Trumpet for years. Yeah, me you too. You know, I really do. Um, <laughs> you know, like, like straight up, I, I yeah. really do. Um, I would rather see the Mets, and this is the last thing that I'm going to say, I would rather see the Mets, when it comes to the, the last two, Seth Lugo, Trevor Williams... I think Seth Lugo is a very hot commodity for teams mm-hmm. because they could use him in a the same capacity that the Mets are using him, which um, he realistically would be worth a, a decent amount of money as a setup man or even potentially, you know, if a team would value him as a as a as a closer. You yeah. know, you, you never know how teams are thinking. Uh, he did make uh, just about four million bucks this year. So he's expected to get a raise. The other thing too is I don't know if he has a little bit of ill will against the Mets for not allowing him to start oh, like yeah. he's wanted to. Very true. Um, but if I were the Mets, I would try to re-sign Trevor Williams. Yeah. Uh, I would really, re- I would really try to re-sign Trevor Williams. Ever since he came over from Chicago last year, it seemed even last year in his brief moments, it seemed like he connected really well with Jeremy Hefner mm-hmm. and really has taken advantage of some of the tools that the Mets have as an organization. Yeah. And he's really reestablished himself to the point where where he was at as a Pittsburgh Pirate earlier on earlier on in his career. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the Mets have seen him do that this year and I feel like they could get him on a 2 or 3 year deal worth like between 4 and 6 million dollars a deal. Like a
1: nice little bargain deal.
0: Exactly. And not yeah. only that, you know, you have said in the past that you want to see Trevor Williams get potentially more high leverage situations because uh, yeah. because of the fact that you know he does have that that nasty type stuff. Yeah. You could conceivably take Trevor Williams and stick him in the same role that you see Seth, oh, Lugo, Seth Lugo in now. Yeah. Yeah, definitely,
1: definitely. You know? Nah, yeah, that's that's really thinking out of the box right there, but yeah. but I like that. You know, yeah. and
0: and and I've been thinking about this for a while because Trevor Williams, he really has good stuff. Like I don't know how many times I can say it. No, nah, like nah. like he really has had a tremendous season, um, and and I do think that it's important to have a guy like Trevor Williams on on your, especially in your bullpen, mm-hmm. and a guy that can make a start if you do need, and we've seen that occur many times. Yeah, uh, this year, um. But I definitely think that he could be a he could be a good arm. He's got a 2.84 ERA this year, uh, in in 69 and two-thirds of an inning. Uh, he's started nine games. Mehe has made 23 appearances, um, and he's also a guy you know, as I said, that can start, can come in relief. Uh, but his stuff just looks a lot more crisp, and he's locating much better. He's not allowing uh, such hard hit uh, balls, and I think that he would be a really really nice piece to lock up beyond this year. You know.
1: No, definitely, definitely.
0: So so with that, Robert, it is 153. <laughs> we have to get a move on it. We got to head out to City Field. Old-timers Old time day. day, baby. Yeah. Guys, we thank you for tuning in. Follow us, Instagram, Twitter, at Cup of Mets. Provide some feedback. Robbie, got any last words for us here? Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets, <laughs> baby. Listen, for Robert Venegas... I'm Ian Bosniak. Thank you once again for joining us. Can't say it enough. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at Cup of Mets. We'll be coming at you next week with episode seven. Yes, sir. Holy shit. Seven episodes in. Can't wait. Looking episode forward Jose to Reyes. it. Yep, just for Jose <laughs> Reyes. It's the Jose Reyes episode. <laughs> once again, for Rob, I'm Ian. Enjoy your day, and let's fucking go Mets, baby. Yes, sir.